Hi guys, welcome in. I'm your host today, Josh, and we have Ben on board today also. Hi everyone. Today we'll be discussing about, you know, what PMD has shared during National Day. Because some of the things he's mentioned are pretty important and pretty serious also. And uh, we'll have a debate also as usual. And we'll be covering four important points, you know. As listeners, I guess you guys want to know what's our scope for today. So PMD has mentioned about COVID as the first thing, but that's something we can't debate on. But the rest of our points are pretty serious and it starts with US, China, Taiwan. This tension that's going on right there in that region of the world. The second point we'll be covering today is how inflation has impacted us. So Ben, I'll be guessing you know, how much your expenditure has increased. I'll also be sharing with you uh, what's on it on my side. The third point is regarding strong currency. PMD has mentioned that that's a method government is using to fan off imported inflation. And last but not least, point number four is a low interest environment. PMD has mentioned that low interest environment situation may have ended permanently. So we'll also be taking a side whether we like it or we dislike it. Okay, so Ben, let's touch on first point, which is US-China-Taiwan tensions. Do you think it will impact the investment world? What are your thoughts? For me, actually, I don't really look at the macro environment when it comes to my own personal investing. Because I feel that if the company fundamentals are there, it will always be there unless there are some industry changes or there is maybe a very industry-specific macro mm. change that will affect the company. The macro I, I, I have a question on that. So, you know, yeah. Taiwan is the biggest semiconductor producer yes. of the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, Apple, NVIDIA, these are companies that are among the biggest cap in the world. Uh, if they suffer yeah, yeah. value chain systemic risk. But I think it's in terms of how the companies mm. um manage their supply chain. So some companies manage it better than others. I think I also saw some report that Apple will be moving a lot of productions to India. So they're also trying to take every step to mitigate. Uh, but I do agree with you, Ben, that uh, we can't really factor too much of macro news. To our own investment approach. If it happens to come about, uh, we expect a crash. So maybe the best solution that we can suggest is don't go on leverage because if the market crashes, you don't be caught a margin cost. And increasingly, it looks you know uh, yeah. ever so probable uh, that something could happen. And we never wish that that, that would take place at all. Uh, but anyway, do you travel to Taiwan or not? Yeah, I did travel to Taiwan for a bit. I think it was like already 10 years ago. <laughs> so I don't really have much memories because it was quite a short trip ah. but I feel that if I had the opportunity maybe I would wish to maybe explore more with regards to Taiwan because I think they have some good um scenery and nature over there I actually did my wedding photo shoot in Taiwan that was like oh. 10 years plus ago yeah yeah, yeah. So nice. Taiwan is a nice place but now I'm a bit scared like. I mean if that 0.000 something percent chance that the war breaks out then it's also a scary thought lah on what could happen to lives over there as well, the, as well as tourists who happen to be at that situation. So when I was looking for itinerary to travel in this second half of this year, I definitely ruled out Taiwan. Okay, so what, what are the countries that you're looking at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, firstly going to Indonesia. I think that's that's something near, something simple. Because oh, flight tickets are paid for oh. forward. No, I'm going to Batam. Oh, that's Batam. Batam, yeah, Montego. I'm going to the resort over there okay, for a quick getaway. Good. Then probably mm-hmm. Bangkok. What, what I'm hearing is Bangkok is very open already. And uh, a lot yeah, of yeah. tourist things are, are you know, re-sprouting out in that uh, lovely city that many Singaporeans mm-hmm. travel. Also. Mm. So with, with that, let's move on to the second key thing that PMD has mentioned regarding economic environment. You know, inflation uh, is a result of, you know, food prices going up, energy prices going up. And PMD has mentioned that Russia's invasion of Ukraine 
has disrupted a lot of energy supplies all over the world. And I think that's, that's very true. He's also mentioned that moving forward, the world would be very different. We would not have peace as what we used to see. There could be more need to pour more money into total defense and uh, Singapore armed forces and stuff. And just a curious question, Ben. Do you have a guess on how much we spend in terms of our national defense budget? Um, if I were to take a rough guess, I would think it's quite high. Maybe 10 billion Total, total number. So. 10 billion. Hey, you're, you're pretty yeah. accurate. Before this, I went to check. We spent about 16 billion on our defense budget. For such a small country like ours, we spend 16 billion. And I had to check also, Malaysia spends a quarter of what we do, which is just three plus billion dollars oh, a week. Wow. Yeah, so we outspend Yeah, but I think we take our lot. defense very seriously. <laughs> this whole topic about defense, right? It leads on to a few points that, you know, I, I, I curiously thought about. You know, in Singapore, we have ST Engineering, which is a defense mm. company. Yeah. One of their sectors is in defense. But then if you want to invest in the defense sector, you can look at uh, stocks in US, such as Lockheed Martin. So these are providers to satellites, these are providers to rockets and stuff. And if you like to invest more into US stocks and stuff, you can always check out our sponsor, which is Weeboo. Look out for the $0 competition trades for US stocks and Hong Kong stocks. So right now they have a promotion for National Day period, which is $100 Google shares. So check them out also. So just like I mentioned about you know economic environment and regarding inflation. So Ben, I have a question now to throw back to you. How much has your expenditure increased? Yeah, I would say probably 10% or so. 10 to Maybe you can give some context, your profile. Yeah, so for me, I'm not married and I'm single. So actually, most of my expenses comes from probably food and mm. bills, mainly coming from food, actually. So I would think as food prices increase, of course, dining out, even dining at cooking at home, the expenses will definitely increase. And for me, because I'm uh, working 9 to 5, so sometimes I'll go to the office and I've seen the prices of even food in hawker centers, they are at least like, the minimum is at least like 4 to $5 already. Mm. So definitely I've seen that portion of my expenditure increase. Do you spend a bit on alcohol no? on your own bills? Do you check? I don't actually because I don't really enjoy drinking unless it's like for a social setting or a social event then Probably that's when I have no choice. <laughs> then do you uh, contribute a portion to your family's uh, electricity bill, maybe? For me, I don't. So that part, um, my my family actually handles it um, separately. So I don't really actually have much um, visibility into that. Then maybe I can share. So uh, for myself, I've seen bills in terms of energy bill going up quite a bit. Uh, I dine out a lot. So even though I don't go to expensive restaurants, I go to a lot of hawker center, but I do enjoy spending time in coffee shops and food courts a lot more than dining at home. So every plate being $1 more, I, I now need to buy three plates at least. So that cost is really stacking up. So I'm pretty sure I'm spending more than 10%. My number probably is at least 20% more because food wow. is, a, a, is a big cost. Yeah, yeah so yeah, different yeah. situation. But what has government actually uh, done? Uh, do you have anything on that? front that you have came to discover no? yes I do so actually the government um, recently in June they actually introduced this 1.5 billion package the first is actually to help people fight the eff effects of inflation in terms of helping them cope with the rising cost of goods and services all around us so for in individuals and households they actually have a special payment of up to $300 of extra cash which is to be paid out 
to about 1.5 million Singaporeans in August 2022. Hmm. So we've actually received this amount, is it? Yes, correct. And also they have proposed to issue $100 of household utilities credit to every Singaporean to help them to offset their utility bills. I have a question over here. So if inflation is going to be existing at least for the foreseeable years ahead, Mm. some of these measures are temporary or they they, they Mm. just come on board now as a one-off payment. So I think households are still going to feel the strain if inflation is still going to stay high in 2023, 2024. So yeah, while we all have this to buffer in, I think a key important message is how to find ways to reduce expenditure such as look for household brands and stuff. I think these are equally important for long-term sustainable uh, change of your budgets. Yeah, because I feel that, I mean, ultimately, as much as the government wants to help, there is a certain Mm. limit to it. And I feel that everyone should, to the best of our abilities, depend on ourselves rather than relying on the government for handouts. Yeah, they always say inflation is a hidden tax. So it leads on to point number three, which is regarding you know a strong currency. I don't know, Ben, you have seen uh, the latest currency rates or not, because government is using it as a method to fan off inflation. So Sing dollar now to Malaysian ringgit is $3.24. Then we've seen a mothership run some articles and stuff. So before we get a bit deeper, do you want to take a guess what was Sing dollar against ringgit during COVID times? Now? Do, you, do you have a recollection on things? I would think it's around 3.05 around mm, there. Mm. Pretty accurate. Yeah. What about 10 years ago? Maybe an uh, interesting uh, point. Do you want to take a guess? How how low was it 10 years 10 ago? 10 years ago. Ringgit. Um, well, probably 2.8. I went to check. 10 years ago, 2012, it was 2.5 only there. Wow. So, okay. yeah, we've seen this, the Singapore dollar strength is, is so huge. We've seen it like 30% gain over the last 10 years. So, it's an interesting finding. But Ben, for yourself, have you felt any benefits from it or not? Or any stories uh, that you've discovered? I think the main story is in terms of me seeing people, more people travel to Malaysia to take advantage <laughs> of this currency. I feel that there's a lot of FOMO because we are locked down for like two years. Mm. And now everybody... Are, is rushing to the same places. So I'm seeing like Malaysia, Thailand, Bali, Batam. I think these are the few common places that I'm seeing. Um, I think not just Malaysian ringgit. You know, Euros has also dropped quite a lot. I saw some report yeah, recently, yeah. right, of parity with US dollar. So for yeah. for listeners, if you want to check Euro, Yen, I think it's all-time low against Sing dollar. So I think maybe if you plan to travel to maybe Japan or maybe Malaysia in the future, Maybe it's a prudent idea to maybe change some cash now to take advantage of the low rates yeah, before they actually increase. Or, or maybe go there to retire. Go go Malaysia and uh, Thailand to retire because it's a topic we mentioned before on our, on our previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to the retirement part. Recently, I also read an article about what are the cheapest countries around the world that we might actually consider retiring instead of Singapore. I think there are certain considerations when you're considering retiring overseas. The first thing is with regards to, of course, the weather and probably the food. But I think the more important thing will be about the income requirement and the amount that you need in your bank account. So I think different countries requires a different um, minimum base requirement before you can actually um, apply for a visa over there. And different countries also have different healthcare policies and benefits. So I think it's worth 
researching into the various countries before you actually consider. So some countries that I actually came across are like countries like Portugal, hmm. um, Thailand, Chile. And Chile. touching on to yeah. So touching on Chile, I actually read this article. I'm not sure if you heard of it, where this guy actually is a Singaporean. He actually planned to move to Chile for honeymoon, but he ended up staying there for five years. So just wondering if you have actually heard of this story. Uh, Chile, uh, I, I do know Chile is a South American country, super yes, far yeah. away from here. So I'm, I'm very surprised uh, for Singaporeans to visit there because if you were telling me Thailand, right, I, I 100% yeah, know. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Chile, that's a very interesting place to choose to retire because firstly, we don't even speak Latin American language even. So there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of uh, you know, things to acclimatize, right? I mean, the Chile lifestyle is probably a bit more laid back as compared to Singapore mm. where they actually work to live instead of living to work. So I think like by 8pm, I think the guy shared that he was like the only one in the office. There's like literally no one else left. But I think having said that, there are also some disadvantages when actually considering retiring abroad. Mm. So some of it includes like the language we might not be familiar because in Chile, they actually speak Spanish. And also the safety, certain countries, they might not be as safe and they might not be as receptive to foreigners like us. So do you have any um, thoughts about retiring overseas? More I've heard of is uh, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which includes Perth, Melbourne, and Vancouver. Yeah. These are destinations Canada, that right? are, are very popular mm-hmm. with Singaporeans, or even New Zealand also. So mm-hmm. it's about the first time I've heard Chile. So I imagine the climate there is, is also very nice. Mm. Uh, I wonder, you know, uh, how many Singaporeans you'll bump into in Chile. Because if you go in Perth and Vancouver, I'm sure the community of Singaporeans is pretty good. Pretty healthy population over there. You can find companions. Because uh. for retirement, you, you also need friends. Maybe some of your yes. children don't stay with you or you are really with mm. very little uh, social circle. So it's mm. also important to find, you know, a place that you can quickly build a new circle, a new community of friends. And the simplest mm-hmm. is to find fellow Singaporeans who have migrated to Perth or Vancouver, something like that. Uh, but I guess this is a question that, you know, uh, even you, you listening in as, a, as an audience, you can chip in where you have plans to migrate to or what kind of stories you've heard before. And, you know, uh, if you are able to retire overseas and you have Singapore investments or Singapore CPF paying you, I think you can use that money to convert for a retirement cash flow if our currency is strong. But also mm-hmm. that leads to point number four, which is, a low interest environment may have ended, which means moving forward, if you are a borrower, you're going to pay a lot more interest. If you are a saver, you're definitely going to be delighted at seeing uh, more interest given to you in your bank accounts. So Ben, I also have this question, which is something that PMD has mentioned, low interest environment has ended. Do you personally like it or not? I actually like it because like you said, I'm actually more of a saver than a borrower. So I actually get to enjoy the higher interest rates. <laughs> And not just not just with regards to enjoying higher interest rates, because in the low interest rate environment, we're actually seeing a lot of growth stock that rose a bit too fast mm. and became very much overvalued. So I think this actually is a is a very good self-correcting mechanism. And it also helps in terms of the sustainability of the stock market as well. But what if you were to buy a property soon? Would you be concerned or not? The interest rates yeah, are going definitely. up. With that, I can actually share. My total mortgage is uh, 800 plus thousand. 
So I've seen okay. the bill go up by at least a K leh, over the last few months. Every month it steps out a few oh. hundred, a few hundred, a few hundred. So it's really mm-hmm. jumping quite fast because I'm on a floating rate. Previously oh, it was 1.1%. Okay, okay. Now the latest one, uh, which I'm seeing now is 2.6% already. The climb is uh, huge. So how do you manage it in terms of planning your finances? Because it quite it can change quite drastically from month to month, right? So there, like, there is no... Like, there's no solution eh? because if you fix mm-hmm. it, you have to fix it at a higher rate. You do it now, yeah, the yeah. cheapest fixed rate is DBS, 2.75%. Mm. But also for my case, I'm still in a lock-in period, which means I can't maneuver at all. So mm-hmm. it's a bo-bian kind of a situation. Your, your hands are tight, so to speak. Correct. So the best yeah. recommendation I would suggest for anyone listening is uh, make sure you don't overstretch your finances when you take on a loan. Correct. Mm. Prevention is better than cure. Now there's no cure already, especially if you're in a lock-in floating rate like myself. So have enough mm. buffer. Make sure that size is okay. Interest rate go up, you can still not be too impacted in terms of day-to-day living. And then that's okay. Low interest environment, uh, for me, I personally uh, wish that it stayed a bit longer. Lah. So different opinions. So, so if you are a saver, definitely you, you can check out Singapore Savings Bonds. We have one of our main channel that touches on it recently. Mm. Interest rates have gone up. One year rate, you can get 2.63% already. And you can also look for better rates from, for example, DBS multiplier. These are accounts that are gradually going to increase their interest they are going to pay to you already. And last but not least, this is something that PMD has mentioned. Maybe I can quote directly from him. That Singapore is shifting towards a phase whereby it's more important to have more skills and more productivity. And for a nation to move up the value chain, so then mm-hmm. that's where you know wages can increase and combat inflation the best as a last rounding point. Yeah, so maybe I'd like to share a quote by Warren Buffett. He actually mentioned that the best hedge against inflation is actually to upgrade your knowledge and your skills set so that no matter whether, let's say, if you were to lose your job now, you still have no problems finding probably another job. Because nowadays we are seeing a huge um, transformation in terms of industry. We are seeing jobs like data scientists. So 10 years ago, I don't think you will probably have this particular data scientist job scope. Times are changing and in the next 10 years, you'll see a totally different new job title. 